we should read our Bibles. As men dig for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived down the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site. I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad. We'll be your guides on this excursion. Hope you brought your shovel and your compass, because we got the map. Let's dig. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. Uh, we got the, the four amigos here this time. What's yeah, up, we're guys? all What's here finally. Into? That's right. That's right. Life gets in the way sometimes, but the show must go on. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's getting hot. Yeah, it's getting warm. Summertime. It's definitely getting hot. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's what it we is. like. It. Love it. Well, Chad, tell us about some of your adventures you got going on. You're the only man I know with the three full-time jobs. Well, you know, uh, I'm trying to delegate some of those jobs, you know. I actually just got somebody to mow my yard here recently, and he's doing a great job. I'm happy about that. That takes a little load off of me, but... Uh, blessed is busy or busy is blessed that's what i meant <laughs> where do you go when you need some food well you can always come down to your local mindful meals in rogersville tennessee 66 plaza we're always fixing them up delicious and nutritious some so we're going to take care foods. of you and get you where you need to be you know that's right and while well, you're there what can you do you can join the gym if you want to and if you don't know what to do in the gym hey i know a guy we've got a great program we put you guys in there uh you know we're going to control your diet we're going to manipulate it as we go weekly weigh-ins one-on-one with your coaches fully structured routines we'll get you where you need to be I'll, I'll what be if honest. you're on your way to the gym it's and tested. your mopar and it breaks yeah. down you know a guy over that too i do you come on over here to the muddy pissing garage we'll take you <laughs> we'll get you all fixed this up. message is brought to you in part yeah yeah, yeah. what about mr just Justin there with his mopar oh same old song and dance living the dream go to work come home children ignore me <laughs> yeah, it happens. Rinse and repeat. You still wear? <laughs> you still wear, wear? You still wearing your leather jacket? No, I actually sold my motorcycle for some uh, I some Mopar parts. So I, <laughs> oh, I meet so your leather, leather jacket, jacket for your Mopar. So you're all in. You are a hundred percent all in Mopar. Oh yeah, I just, I just got a, a cam kit. It's on the way. Coming from Jay Green down in Texas. Uh, so, or yeah. are they putting it in or? Uh, Is actually, the muddy pissing going to put it in? Well, I guess I'll give another local plug. My, my cousin, Justin Bryan at Boulevard <laughs> Motors down in Greenville is going to hook me up. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Justin. Yes, okay. sir. Good uh, stuff. Well, I guess we can uh, dive right in. But before we do that, I guess we're going to open up in prayer. Uh, so if you want to pray, pray with us. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the many blessings that you give us. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, give us a platform to, to speak and dig into your word and uh have other people uh, actually listen to what we have to say, and we just pray for discernment and uh, on your word, and uh, that you lead and guide us, and that hopefully we inspire others to to dig into their Bible. That's what this is all about. And Stephen said it before many times. And uh, and if all this is, you know, this is fun for us, Father, we enjoy it. But you know, if we inspire one person or lead one more person to the kingdom, it's all worth it. 
uh, it's in your son's heavenly name we pray Jesus Christ amen 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 and speaking of Jesus Christ today's subject matter Jesus Christ Jesus Christ <laughs> nice segue mm-hmm. yeah it's a very good segue yeah last time uh, we uh, talked about you know who who was Satan so now let, let's uh, get out of the darkness and into the light you know <laughs> another good segue oh yeah <laughs> Uh, but uh, I guess uh, if you're going to go, you know, chronological, you know, order of things, uh, uh, Old Testament. Yes, we had a couple appearances. Yeah, in the and Old see, Testament. The, but then just with the, uh, you know, the prophecies alone of the, of the coming Messiah. You know, Isaiah seven fourteen. You know, told you that a, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, Emmanuel would be his name and that means you know god is with us you know the same thing in isaiah chapter 9 6 through 7 for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and then uh verse 7 of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. Of course, you know, that's, you know, the prophecy of uh, the coming Messiah. Uh, you got Micah, chapter 5, uh, verse 2 through 3. You know, it says from Beth- Bethlehem that this Messiah will come. And that, that has significance because, you know, Bethlehem was... A lowly and poor city, you know. Right. You, you never had kings come from this place, so you know the the whole suffering servant theme, you know, with the with the coming Messiah. But uh, one thing I, I thought was really crazy, and I'll give a plug for a book on this one, was um, uh, re- reading reading Moses but seeing Jesus. And I never realized this, you know, what I mean, because I mean I'm not Jewish, you know, what I mean, so you don't really look into stuff typically if you're not of that faith or denomination but you know most of judaism doesn't see jesus as the messiah you know like i said that that book's was a good plug and that gave me a lot of insight to that you know uh they seen moses as the messiah because you know there was like basically checklists qualifications for a messiah you had to you know do wondrous works and miracles you had to uh you know lead your people and you also had to free your people you know from slavery or bondage you know moses right. done these things and just because they're just not realizing what jesus really did oh, exactly they were looking, they're at, the looking at the physical world yeah. yeah you know jesus didn't he done everything but he didn't free the the jewish people from the roman government so therefore in their carnal minds He's he didn't get that check mark or, you know but uh and what's funny is when you read and, and we'll, I'll get you know, more into it when we get there. But as you read through the New Testament, it's funny when you realize this and look back at those. It's like Jesus and the biblical writers were comparing Jesus to Moses and trying to show the people of that time that he was he was the Messiah, but he was also greater than Moses in every single way. But they still missed it. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, that's something else. Well, this I think what we, and I know this is kind of turned into my catchphrase. Let's back up just a little bit here. <laughs> but uh, we need that on a shirt. 
Yeah. I do need that on a shirt. Oh. But I think a big part of what we need to uh, we need to kind of pinpoint here is everybody. I mean, even most non-Christians have heard the story of Jesus and, and whether or not they believe it's true. I mean, that's obviously the difference between a Christian and non-Christian. But uh, the big part of this and what we're talking about today and what we're going to bring more to light is looking at it from and we talk about that 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 new world view that that Deuteronomy um, 32 world view and and looking at it on a more um, a deeper level where as of right now you know we hear the story and everybody is okay you know oh Jesus he, you know, he died and he came back to life and saved us from our sins and it's just such a thing that we hear over and over and over again it's beaten to our brains and part of it is, I mean it's obviously true but part of it is why is everybody okay with that part of the supernatural and nothing else in the Bible? You well, know there's I mean? plenty of it there. There's yeah. so mm-hmm. much there, but no one, everything else is uncomfortable. But sticking with the theme today, um, we just have to, to look at this through different eyes and understand that um, the, the symbolism, there's so much stuff behind this. And, you know, when... Jesus spoke in symbolism half of, you know, through parables, half in what he said. And it was up to us to, to, um, to dig into what that meant um, a lot of times. And if you look throughout the Bible, a lot of times, you know, God spoke to people through dreams. And then he'd use individuals like Daniel or someone like that to interpret those dreams. So there's so much symbolism in the Bible. And as soon as we just look at something as cut and dry and we don't look into it further, we're, we're cheating ourselves out of truth. We're cheating ourselves. Uh, we're cheating ourselves out of so much more that's there. More information. There's oh, so much more, and that's what. And Justin was just saying that before we started. He goes, "We're looking at all this stuff through a whole new lens," and and it draws you closer to God. It draws you, you know, closer to God, and that's, that's the whole, the whole point. point. Yeah. God wants you to be in His Word. He wants you to learn from it, and that at the same time, when you read that, what God might tell you might be different than what God tells me. Right. And that's how he speaks to you. But we have to, once again, look at the fact that there's so much more that when we read our Bibles, we've glossed over so much information. And, and when we talk about Jesus, you know, birth, uh, uh, death and resurrection, which is kind of the cornerstone of the entire Christian church. I mean, that is, that is the cornerstone. I mean, really, that's what everything's founded on. There's so much more to that whole story that we need to kind of delve into and that's kind of the direction that we're going today and i just think that we need to kind of and and, you know you know he tells us in matthew you know it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given because seeing they don't see and hearing they don't hear neither do they understand so if we don't take that responsibility to do these digs that we do and to dig deeper into the word of the most high and, and his son uh, you know, we're really going to be in the darkness of a lot of things. And like we kind of talked about the uh, greatest in the kingdom of heaven and the least among the kingdom of heaven. Uh, me, myself, I definitely want to be uh, I definitely want to be up there on that list when we get I there. I want to be on the inside. Yes, absolutely. Right. So well, um, Even in Proverbs, know you know, chapter one, you know, it says that, you know, wisdom uh, basically hangs out in the street and, and cries out to the people. Oh, my people, how long will you be simple? You know, yep. it, you know, wisdom, God, yes. you know, is calling out to us. But, yes. You know, you know, God's not just going to give you divine inspiration and and knowledge and and the secrets of heaven if you're just docile and, and laying back and they say, oh well, you know, the Holy Spirit's the teacher. You know, if I need to know, He'll tell me. No, God meets you in the middle. 
you got to grab your shovel Basically. and, and take off. He tells you to search. If yeah. you search, you will find. If you knock, he will answer. And if you ask, it shall be given unto you. But if you don't put forth that effort, well, who knows what's going to be given to you. you well, know? So I, I just want to obey him and what he says. And uh, the more that I do that, I feel like that he reveals himself so much more to me. And um, it's only going to be done through his word and his son. So um, I'm anxious to talk about this stuff today. JB, I know you got some good stuff I, for us. I got a, just one more thing is that when I get to heaven, when we're on that new earth and, and about to go and go to those gates you know, of the new heaven, I want to know the secret handshake. I want to get in. I want to walk up that angel and be like, yep, hey, this is the word. All right, you're in. You're good. You can go in, buddy. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Without a doubt. And, and, and also, too, when you get there, you know, all, all the secrets and everything will be revealed unto oh, it'll you be then. Awesome. Yes. But, and, but I don't want to use that as an excuse not to look. No. You know, well, my, my very best hopes is to get up there and be like, you know, God be like, yeah, I know you've done a lot of digging and research and, and you did the podcast and everything. And you were this close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You almost well, had it figured out. You were out. almost there. You, you know, but you swung at the ball. I appreciate it. Yeah, yes. and that, that pleases him. Yeah, when Spot you read on. that word, the more of his word that not only that you read but you believe. The more that word you believe, the more you're walking in the spirit. You know, and I firmly believe that's how we walk in the spirit is to feed off of that word. So what does he say? He says a man don't eat off bread alone. Is that correct? Yep, that is true. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, if we're going to be talking about Jesus, you know, we talked about the prophecies of, of the coming Messiah. So next is the actual birthday. You, you got how many prophecies? I Googled it real quick. Oh, check. Yeah, I give it. Labels. Well, I just gave a few, but yeah, I know there's tons. There, there's on Google because, you know, it'd be a long time. It's like 360. 351, what it yeah. says here. And actually, here has it all written down. You got the uh, city of the woman. Which is it says he. The bruise of Satan's head, which is also in Genesis. There's a bunch in Genesis. There's twenty in Genesis. Looks like. Then you have let's see, spiritual rock of Israel. I'm just got scrolling through here. Not a bone will be broken. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, sent by the Father to speak His word. <laughs> but anyhow, there's there's. A lot, and just kind of like when Stephen's dad come and talked to us. Oh, he did a great job. 351 via what Google's telling us. Don't believe everything Google What's says. What's the <laughs> odds of one single man in what, 30, say 30 years? Was he 32? 33. 33. In 30 years, 33 years, did them all. It's impossible. And I like that you said that one day we were talking, too. You said, what was it you said? uh, Yeah, uh, a lot of atheists will say, well, yeah, it was already written hundreds of years before he came. All he had to do was read the book and fulfill it. What was it you said when he was on the cross? And what did Jesus say to the soldiers? Please, I've made it this far. I've completed all these prophecies. Don't break my bones. You'll you'll screw it all up. (laughs) You'll screw it all up. I did say that. Yeah. Yeah, please. Please, he's sitting there dying. I've made it this far. Please, please don't break my bones. Uh, but, uh, yeah, because yeah, they broke the bones of the other two. They usually would break their legs. They, yeah. I mean, that, so in crucifixion, they would yeah. usually break their legs to help the, asphyxiate them. So yeah, if, if, if it took too, too long, they'd break their legs. Mm-hmm. 
and they he they didn't so even break he was a bone out of the norm they, on that yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, that's out of the norm Period. of crucifixion yeah. in general. So I guess with the the birthday of Jesus, you know, we we are told you know December twenty fifth is Christmas, right? And uh, I know sometimes we focus in on the, the you know the Roman Catholics you know a lot, but uh, somebody told me that 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 was a Roman Catholic holiday that they instituted to to bring in pagans or something. Well, do, you, do you know something about well, that, Chad? I kind of heard a thing or two, but uh, my understanding <laughs> is that, uh, you know, December the 25th, they were celebrating the dying uh, and resurrecting sun gods of iniquity's birthdays hundreds of years before the birth of Yahusha, for the birth of the, of the sun's most, or the most high sun. And um, Sol Invictus is actually who um, Constantine worshipped. Not only did he worship him, but he was initiated into the order of Sol Invictus four years prior to bringing together the Council of Nicaea and under the Holy Roman Church. Now, as far as what the, uh, the astrology, as far as how the sun moves south, is that where we're at? Is that where you're going with? Yeah, I think it's something more about the, the date of and what and what like what it actually was oh, before yeah, to, to, to the pagans celebra- and they to the pagans and, and well, then they they were so, overlapped a pagan holiday well, with oh the yeah they were celebrating holiday. Sol Invictus birthday all these dinosaurs Saturnalia, Saturnalia which was that yeah Saturnalia which I mean you got to have Martha, the understanding that all mm-hmm. these different sun gods that you see we've talked about this before this kind of comes back to the beginning at Babel. Uh, uh, but without going there, you know, uh, December 25th was celebrating the dying and resurrected sun gods of iniquity's birthday, uh, hundreds of years before the birth of uh, Christ. So, uh, that you know, there the, was the Gentiles were worshiping that. Yeah. And then, of course, when they uh, the Roman Catholic Church come together and um, uh, they amalgamated Christianity with paganism. And uh, when they did that, we started to celebrate the birth of um, the Most High Son, the Messiah. Uh, on December the 25th, but I had never done that, you know, or looked into that. And I know you've spoke on it a lot, you know, and I actually just kind of looked into it a little bit and it blew my mind, you know, because, you know, you kind of think, well, they had good intentions, you would like to think, you know, it's like, oh, well, they they instituted this, this pagan holiday to try to, to bring in the pagans and the heathen, and then once they got them in, then they could tell them the truth. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I, you, you would like to think, you know. But like you said, you know, it was uh, it was designed to, to compete, the, you know, the December 25th birthday of Christ. You know, it was designed to compete with the, he, the heathen Roman feast of Satralina, you know, in honor of the sun deity Mithra. You know, Mithra and the biblical Messiah you know, bear a, a lot of remarkable similarities if, if you dig into who Mithra was. You know, Mithra was uh, the creator God. He became flesh, saved mankind from the powers of darkness. His birth was December the 25th. It was witnessed by shepherds. He had a last supper with his disciples, returned to heaven, and when one day will return to judge and resurrect mankind and lead the chosen into immortality. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty sounds similar. Sounds like the, the devil had a little bit of work going on there, don't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's let's make you believe something close. Wow, that's but, the whole point. The yeah. deception, right? Oh, yeah. The deception it's, is always going to make Satan it sound always like... always flips everything upside yeah. down. It makes, it makes yeah. a little sense until right at the end. But I think that's crazy that Saturnalia, that, that 
festival you're talking about was the seven-day festival from December 17th till December 24th, which would have been Christmas Eve, you know, now what we call Christmas Eve. But right. That would have taken us right up to that point, and then they'd have been like, all right, now look at us. Look at us. It's birth of Jesus. Look over here. Yeah, your your right. festival's done. Come over here now and look at this. Right. It's. I think Heiser said that the, what if you look at the the full information, um, kind of everything that he had, that he said that he thinks Herod lived all the way until 1 B.C. is what he said. And you had multiple Herods, too. Well, Herod yeah, the Great, so, yeah. as we say, Herod the Great, yeah. but at that time. But as far as those things, like you said, so we're talking um, birth of Jesus really being somewhere between 1 to 3 B.C. is really kind right. of the... Well, and at the same time, in December over there, you're not traveling. You're not walking, you know, you're not walking over there in the summertime either. Yeah. Because I was there. <laughs> yeah. But get with the... You know, 130 the degrees is pretty darn whole, hot. You know, pagan holiday, December 25th thing. You know, and you mentioned, you know, Constantine, you know, was behind that. You know, says so the Roman Emperor Constantine gave the most significant push to blend the two factions of mm-hmm. pagan and Christianity. Yeah. He switched the Sabbath from the, se- uh, the seventh day, Saturday, to the first day, Sunday, you know, the day the pagans worshipped the sun. That's, you know, why it's called Sunday. Yes. That all shops, he, he put out an order that all shops should be closed, you know, and all should rest. They made it illegal to keep the Holy Sabbath. Yeah. They were going to take you to jail for this stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and like you said, you also mentioned the Tower of Babel. You know, Nimrod married his mother, you know, Simraeus. How do you say that? Simraeus. Uh Which is also uh, uh, Diana. Aphrodite, Astarte, Rhea, and Venus, according to which story or culture Athena you're getting it from. Yeah. You know, her son, Tammuz, we, we mentioned him before, you know, was also Bacchus, Adonis, Osiris. Again, according to which country or religion or, mm-hmm. you know, you get it from. Which same people, the different same story. Yep, that's yeah. right. Whichever As he confounded the languages that was from. told in these different cultures, and it was the same yeah. story being told about the same deity. But um, obviously, change names or whatever. Yeah. But it yeah. comes down to the sun worshiping, just like yeah. you said. Yeah. And do you know where the Christmas tree comes from? Well, yeah, you can look at Jeremiah 10, and um, what they would do is they'd go out to the woods and they would chop these uh, evergreens down and they would bring them into the house and they would line them with tinsel and gold. And they would erect this, uh, this idol in their house and then they would take presents and put them under the tree and you would bow down in front of the tree to grab your presents, you see. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about um, these different traditions and stuff that's been overlapped in Christianity, this is where this came from. Yeah. And, uh, just and it all tied to Nimrod. It all tied to Nimrod. Yeah, but that's also- why you know, them this pic- depictions you see, he's sitting there holding like this little miniature looking tree, which, yep. you know, they depicted him as like a giant. He was, he was huge holding this Christmas tree. And then, you know, the, they have him with the pine cone, you know, and all yes. that stuff, you know. But uh, the way the, the story went was uh, that he was uh, you know, dying and resurrecting, you know, and he would come back to life. But it, only when the dead Yule log was thrown into the fire and the evergreen reappeared again, at the winter solstice, December the 25th. And it says, Simres, Simres, how do you say that again? Simres. Yeah, Simres would claim that Nimrod would visit the evergreen and leave gifts under it, hence your Christmas tree. Ah, see how that worked yeah, right there? it's crazy. So it's Nimrod is Saint Nick? They're the same person? Well, a different name, mind. I guess. Yeah. It would definitely blow you. These are these are man-made traditions, you know, that were hailed by the pagans. And then when Constantine brought forth together the Council of Nicaea in 325, you know, he amalgamated these two things wow. together and created one deity to where 
he could rule over everybody, you know. So, uh, well, I guess since we've uh, uh, dived through the, the the fake birthday and and where it came from, we can get into the real stuff and what Scripture says. I mean, let's get to the meat, right? baby. Uh, here. And we want to thank you guys. I yes. mean, it's so cool. We, I mean, looking and seeing people. We got people from the United Kingdom now. We got people from Belgium, all across the United States. We we are very humble. <laughs> and, and, and we're hearing awesome. something about maybe uh, somebody. You know, I don't know. Oh, a big name coming. Big name author coming in the world. Well, works. let that simmer, right? Yeah. I have big name heard author in the works. That. Oh, okay. That's new to me. His Let's name's see. not bad. I know a guy. <laughs> Do you wow. know a guy? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 23. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth, who was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that way. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, what do the angels always say? Fear not. Exactly. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will, turn many, uh, he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers uh, to their children. And he will cause those who are the rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. That's really nice. He didn't say call his wife old. He just said she's she's got a couple years on. Her. And one thing too, you know, I, I bet some people's like, well, what does Zachariah and Elizabeth and John have to do with Jesus? Well, Zachariah was the uncle to Jesus and the father of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So we're we're creating a timeline here is what we're doing. Yes. Then the angel said, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God." It was he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe in what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child—I'm sorry—until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Okay. So, what, the t- Where are we at right there? 
That was uh, Luke 2, 5, and I actually went a little further. Or, yeah, I finished Luke, up that. Luke chapter 1, 5 through 23. I went through 25 on okay. that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So we're trying to establish a timeline so we know Jesus' uncle, Zechariah, was a priest. He was serving for the feasts and holy days. He was told, visited by an angel, said he'll conceive. He goes back home. He didn't believe. He didn't believe. He was silenced. Then... Uh, it gives you a time. It says, uh, so she concealed herself for how many months? Five. For five months. So a pregnancy is nine Nine months. So we, we lack four months, right? We're going to fill in that four-month time gap with Scripture. But uh, right here in my notes, I said, her husband, the priest, was the eighth course of Abja. He would have uh, to serve, to, you know, according to the Talmud, he would have to serve two weeks in a row and serve for the week of Pentecost, June. So... Five months later puts us at November. Okay, uh, Luke chapter 1, 26 through 27. That would place Mary's encounter with the angel middle to the end of December. This is the time of Hanukkah, the festival of lights. So Jesus, the light of the world, was announced during the festival of lights. How fitting is that? Mm -hmm. It says the angel of the Lord told Mary of Elizabeth's now six-month pregnancy. So she bolted to her cousin's house, Luke chapter 1, verse 39. She remained there, it says, three months. Six plus three is nine. Nine months. So Luke chapter 1, verse 56. She stayed for the birth of John the Baptist. By now, Passover had come. So she might as well stay in Jerusalem, right? This puts John the Baptist's birthday during Passover week at the end of March, first week of April. Jesus' birth, mid-September, first of October, right around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And how fitting, Feast right. of Tabernacles is, you know, when they celebrated uh, that God dwelled among them when they were the leaving tabernacle. Egypt. He yeah. tabernacled with them. He dwelled with them. Uh, so, no, no that's when Moses was, was handed the law. That's, you know, when they were in the wilderness, you know, and they, they built the, the tabernacle, the holiest of holies, and the presence the, of God rested on it. For the Ark of the it. Covenant, and yeah. God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. That was so, his seat. Yeah, so now God is physically dwelling among them. You know, I, I'm a firm believer God's the divine architect and puts stuff together so perfectly, you know, like a perfect, you know, Hollywood thriller. You know what I mean? It just makes too much sense not well, to be real. And the part is, it's like you don't, it, it's, it, it almost seems so common sense, but when you look at it, 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 you don't, like a good movie, you don't see the twist until it happens at the end. You don't see it coming, and God's like, well, look at this. Yeah. Look and what I know, just and, did. And the thing is, too, about any movie or a good story, you got to know the beginning really well before you can understand the ending. Because right. there's always that big twist, and you're like, why is it doing this at the first of the movie? This makes no sense. And then you go through it, and then all of a sudden there's that big plot twist, and then the ending oh. comes, and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense <laughs> yeah. now. Exactly. You know? Uh, so, and right here I got uh, Luke chapter 2. Do you believe the God of the Bible had all this pre-planned? Well, of course he did. Do you think he would have had Joseph and Mary, who were carrying the light of the world, his only son, on a 40-mile trek alone in the middle of winter, riding a donkey while nine months pregnant in the freezing temperatures. No, 
He planned the trip when the weather was beautiful. In the fall. Yeah, where they would enjoy the trip with the entire townsfolk joining in to help during the time of great celebration. Yes, Yeshua was not born on Christmas Day. I feel like you should have a mic drop there or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay? The Talmud mentions four large candles. When I keep mentioning the Talmud, that's a Jewish text that the priests and stuff would keep, you know, uh, documentation on their feasts, how they practiced, you know what I mean? It's basically like a historical document. But the Talmud mentions four large candlesticks with four golden bowls at the top of each in the women's court. The wicks were made from worn-out priestly garments cut into strips. The Greek term wrapped in swaddling clothes means to wrap in stripes. Now remember, Mary's relative was a priest, Zachariah, and they traveled in groups uh, with their families to these holy feasts. Luke chapter 2, verse 43 through 45. You know, that's when they lost Jesus. They were they, they, th- they thought he was with the family up in the caravan. You know, so that showed you that, you know, they went to these feasts and holy days as a family. It was a family event. They traveled together in groups. You know, Yeshua was wrapped in linen stripes cut from the priestly garments, blood stained by the sacrifices offered up on our behalf to draw us near to God. That's where the swaddling clothes come from. Now, why was there no room for them in the inn? Because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah, but it said Josephus wrote that 2.5 million people were competing for space. Most of the out-of-towners traveling from Egypt, Syria, and Jordan, and so on, would have arrived a few weeks earlier to be there for the Feast of Trumpets or Yom Kippur. Those traveling far away may have made a little vacation out of it. The inns would not have been filled during the dead of winter. Common sense dictates that this is because this was during the Feast of Tabernacles. So, I mean, we're following all this, putting our timelines together and establishing that. Well, the shepherds in the field, right? So the shepherds in the field, that's verse 8. It says, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So there, there are no shepherds in the fields in the middle of the night during the dead of winter. No shepherds would have their livestock out in the temperatures and in freezing rain and possibly snow they would be pinned up in and out of the elements december through january uh, is the the rainy and cold season but september october there may have been seven days of rain so i mean that shows you that that's the the winter time uh but when you go down to verse 10 in uh in luke chapter 2 it says an angel said fear not once again that fear not uh, Every time an angel shows up, he's got it. He's got to say. It. Can you imagine well, what they probably look like? <laughs> scary, you know. Can you imagine what they look like? Intimidating. Every time he'd be like, "Hey, no, it's okay. I'm the good guy." <laughs> but he says, "You know, fear not. I bring you tidings of great joy." You know, you know, the Feast of Tabernacles was known as the season of our joy to the Hebrews. The people were commanded to rejoice for the entire week. If you read Deuteronomy uh, sixteen fourteen, God even uh, pre-planned the birthday song, Psalm one eighteen. They would recite this at the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus' name, Yeshua, means salvation. So imagine 2.5 million Jews unwittingly reciting this psalm 
and replace salvation with Yeshua at his birth. Yeshua is the is in the tabernacles of righteousness. Only God. Luke goes on to say, Suddenly there was an angel with the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14. Uh, it's no wonder as they look down as at the handiwork. He is truly the master conductor of the universe, coordinating, coordinating everything from the beginning. Amen to that. <laughs> That's crazy. A lot of depth right there. A lot of backing it up right there. Oh, yeah. And even the, the gifts, you know, because it talked about uh, the wise men. But the wise men uh, is not in uh, Luke. you got to go to Matthew for that. So if you go to Matthew chapter 2, that's where you have the, the wise men encounter. Well, each of the gifts had a different uh, meaning yes, about his life. Yes. As in like the gold being for a, a gift for a king. I mean, that would be a gift for a king. Right. Um, and then I'm trying to remember the myrrh and frankincense. I think yeah, you know, gold was the kingship. Uh, frankincense was the symbolizing the deity. The deity. And then and the myrrh, myrrh was, death. was the death. It yeah. was the what you... Uh, part of the embalming mm. part of the embalming right. process is to yeah. with the smell so uh with the wise men and here's where you we get into the the astrology part of it that, that ties it even together even more june 17th 2 bc venus traveled east towards jupiter both converged and appeared to be one bright star there was also a full moon on this day. From both sides of the, the dome of the sky was lit brightly. The wise men of Babylon noticed and went out to follow this star and find the birth of this king that was in the stars, that was foretold in the stars. And three months later, because of course they're not going to find it instantaneously. They had to travel for a ways. This was like a like a bat signal, pretty much. They had to go find it. And... Uh, is, uh, and three months later, on September the 11th, uh, one year, three months later, September 11th, 3 B.C., they did. Mike Heiser's reversing Hermon and the star that astonished the world by Ernest Martin are, are two books you can look at that goes into great detail about this. Uh, this was no single star that they followed, but a set of stars slash constellations. Revelation 12 is a description of the birth of Jesus. It's not just metaphoric, but physical in the heavens. It was constellations. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above declares his handiwork. It pours out speech and reveals knowledge. Romans 10, Paul tells us, The heavens communicated the coming of Jesus. Ancient people have been mapping the stars forever. The same stars they saw back then and documented we still see today genesis says god created the sun moon to separate day from night and the stars and signs and seasons genesis 1 uh, 14 the sun tells the hour the moon tells the month the stars tell the seasons it's like a perfect timepiece or watch where they all take the same path continuously and the ancient people documented these things so well that we can actually rewind those hands on that clock so, like the Revelation 12 breakdown uh, is, you know, where it's clearly astronomical. The sun, moon, and stars are mentioned are on her. Cloth in the sun, the 12 stars on her head, and the moon under her feet. You know, cloth in the sun simply means the sun being in the midst of the constellations, Virgo. 
between the neck and the knees, which I believe the womb, she is pregnant with the, the son, who turns out to be God after all. But the sun would have to be located between 150 to 170 degrees along the ecliptic. This clothing of the sun in Virgo occurs for a 20-day period each year. This 20-degree spread could indicate the general time when Jesus was born, but the moon under her feet really narrows the window. It's roughly a nine-minute window to astronomically pinpoint the birth of Jesus. The 12 stars on her head is, is Leo, the lion king. Jesus was also from the line of Judah, the prophesied line of Judah. The dragon under her waiting to devour the child is the constellation Hydra, who coincidentally has seven heads, like the one in Revelation. All these things lining up perfectly to give us the date of the birth of Jesus, which is September 11th, 3 BC. Awesome stuff, dude. Sorry, that was long-winded. No, no that, that's that, what it takes, man. That's a lot of stuff right there. That was there. all the info. you got to give the background to line it all up. And, I mean, if you look, the sun, uh, you know, it moves down into the southern hemisphere all year long until it comes to the southernmost point at December the 25th, and that's your solstice right there. And then perceivably, the sun stops moving after moving southbound all year long after those three days of being stuck and moving south all year long. It's perceivably aligned with what's called a constellation, the crux. And then after three days... The sun, after moving southbound all year long, starts to move northward. And this right here is when the sun's starting to become more powerful and dominant, of course. Then it rises up and goes into the northern yeah. hemisphere. And just like the scripture says, you know, the stars foretell, you know, the, the glory of God and his handiwork. The crux is a cross. Yes. So the sun goes to the cross. Dies on the cross. Three days, you said? Three days. Then it ascends? And headed back to the northern hemisphere. Yeah, after moving southbound all year long. So, yeah. I mean, the stars definitely That's told the That's just a coincidence, tale. I'm sure. Wow, it's probably a conspiracy. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> That's a bad word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love it, though. That's awesome stuff, man. That was spot on. Yeah, did a great job, JB. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig.
We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig. <laughs>